Pulp MX Network production. Thanks for all the support, Pulp MX fans. The Pulp MX app is now available for both iPhone and Android-based phones. For all your moto needs, shop at btosports.com and use the current discount code PULPMX. And don't forget to click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com when purchasing anything from Amazon. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOSports.com and ThorMX. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Thor MX. Thanks to BTOsports.com and Thor for uh, coming on board and uh, listen to the commercials, buy some BTO crap, buy some Thor crap, and uh, keep this show going. We appreciate it. This is the RacerX podcast, Washugal Wrap-Up. I'm your host, Steve Mathis. It is Tuesday today, Tuesday afternoon, a little bit later than normal, but uh, we did manage to get the band back together. Uh, on a little bit of a mini vacation, but still taking time to do this, is uh, my boss, Jason Wygant. Yes. <laughs> You're back. You. Uh, uh, normally a yeah, but this episode I think we're going to give you a yes. <laughs> this is just definite. And, this, uh, is, this is a very special episode for sure. Someone Somewhere in the Midwest uh, selling some fly racing gear is uh, Racer X, part-time Racer X contributor and uh, – Western Power Sports uh, salesman Jason Thomas. That's me. Notice Hold I did. It down. Yeah. Notice I did not say racer anymore. Uh, thank you. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, people have been waiting. Weekends for... like this, I'd rather spec safe than anything on weekends like this. <laughs> people have been waiting. <laughs> people have been waiting for this. And truthfully, Wygant, you're a little bit on vacation. JT, you were traveling. Um, it's almost better we do it now because you know Lasergate has come and gone. The penalties have been assessed. So it's a little better to almost talk about it now, Weege, huh? Yeah, I learned a ton um, from the press release on Monday, just like most would. Uh, as I say in the show, it's every week. I know the assumption is it's all one giant company, but I don't even live or work in Morgantown. So most of the stuff I found out was on Monday afternoon, just like everyone else. So I think we're a little more informed now. And then there was a radio show last night where some of the Moto Concepts people shared their views, I believe. Yeah, the Pulp and Mech show last night. Um, JT's still <laughs> still scarred, I believe. JT's still unable to really speak much about it. He wants to uh, get some help, some, some psychiatry help to deal with the shock. Well, there's there's a lot of you know in the in the words of the dude, there's a lot of ins and outs. Uh, a lot of new things have come to light. It's a very complicated case. <laughs> very complicated. It's, it's about more than just a rug. It really tied the room together. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, we talked to Mike Genovo on the Pulp Show. We talked to Tony Alessi on the Pulp Show. I guess before we even get to the race, we need to talk about this ASAP. You think? What? You think? We need to talk about this. We need to talk about the the major topic, the rollers going up Horsepower Hill. I mean, let's let's face it. Uh, um, That's my joke. Uh, Huge news. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Jeff Alessi, and, and I asked the same thing on the Pulp Show. Is there any doubt? Are we all in hundred percent agreement that we think Jeff Alessi did this? I would. I'd be willing uh, to go over hundred percent. Okay. Okay. All right. 
<laughs> All right. So just just I'm just getting that out of the way. So Jeff so Jeff Alessi um shined a light at uh, Malcolm Stewart. Who knew Mookie was involved too? Poor yeah, Mookie. Yeah, what the heck? Right? What did he do? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he just he was just abused by a laser as well. Maybe Mookie is the younger brother. Jeff's the younger brother. Oh, oh I see. The younger brother of the uh you know, of the uh, superstar. Maybe there's something to do with that. Well, maybe in that case, Jeff actually thought the laser was a positive thing. Like, it brought powers, and he was trying to boost the younger brother. I mean, has anyone thought that perhaps the laser was being used for good as opposed to evil? Maybe no, that would no. be why. That's one theory I've not heard. I need to check Vital. I need to check Vital right. MX. That, perhaps, that, perhaps it was a PED-laced needle. He was shooting Mookie with it right. prior to the moto. But with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> he obviously abused the power. Which one was thunder and which one was lightning? Because we now need to uh, go. Uh, I think he was thunder. I think Jeff was thunder. Okay, so laser and lightning. That's yeah. Unfortunately, didn't match. No, Mike is lightning. His Mike was lightning quick off the start. That's why. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, um, this is bizarre. This was bizarre. Um, Ryan Villapoto said it didn't really affect him that much. But I'll, I'll quote him from the last night's Pulp Show. It didn't really affect me that much, but I don't think it's doctor-recommended to get a laser in the eye. So, <laughs> so you know, he, he did have that to say. And Mookie got it while he was on the parade lap or something like that. Um, uh, now, um, after the race, Ryan said something. Um, Jeff, a Rockstar Suzuki guy saw Jeff in the woods with it. Davey Coombs, Racer X. Uh, MX Sports and Racer X uh, president, Davey Coombs, went over and got the laser from Jeff, found out he was wearing Tony Alessi's credential, um, and everything everything tumbled from there. Uh, my I got involved in this a little bit for my reporting because I, I had seen what had happened. I had talked to some people who were much closer to the, to the, to the deal. Then I followed up with a couple of officials. Um, the iron hand of one of our officials – had quite a lot to say. Um, maybe I'm not. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But um, turns out, you know, definitely Jeff had the laser. Jeff had Tony's credential. He had a team shirt on. He had uh, a headset on. And, you know. He was seen using the laser earlier in the day and at uh, yes. that other race the other night, right? Uh, there was, yeah, using a laser on Thursday at the, a, a local race, shining the light, the laser on JGR guys. As well, MX Sports and their terrific de- de- detective work found um, found a shot of a laser in the truck. So, yeah. Um, so basically, like it, it, it. And here's the thing. Okay, so all of that happened. Okay, and I'm going to ask you guys: What's the proper thing to do at that point, JT? If you're Mike Genova or Tony Alessi, what do you do at that point? Uh, probably at that point, I probably kick, uh, well, if I'm Genova, I kick Jeff Wesley out, don't ever come back type deal. Uh, yeah. I think, I think at that point there was enough evidence to <clears throat> know that he did it. Right. Um, you're way point, way past the point of, uh, trying to deny it happened. So you just take credit for it, take the blame, you know, um, I would have talked to Davey and Roy Jansen and figured out, you know, how to make it right and. Try to salvage your team name, you know. I think mm-hmm. trying to deny it happened or is just making him look silly, to be honest. Well, if there's a right way to handle 
a situation like this. Um, would you say Ouija, they handled it the worst possible way? Or is there, would there be any way they could have handled it in the worst possible way? Let's see. Um, having the laser previously, having the laser in the morning, being seen with the laser by a rider, not by, by a different rider, uh, identified by a team who's completely not involved at all, wearing Tony's credential, wearing an MCR shirt, wearing an MCR headset, uh, then they're going to sue and bring in the police and arguing with people who have claimed that this happened. Even that, yeah, what is left? What is left at that point? Well, um, and, and, shooting everyone at the track that acute, like what, <laughs> what is left? <laughs> Sorry. Like holding someone hostage. Like, I don't know. Like right. grabbing a random spectator and holding right. a laser to her well, eyes and saying, if you don't let us go, perhaps, burn them. Like, what do you do? Perhaps <laughs> that, that girl that Tony randomly pointed to and said, I'm going to say you raped that chick. Oh, okay. uh, maybe grab, maybe grab also her. The unnamed Jeff Alessi ex girlfriend who was implicated, even though I, I don't couldn't explain it. I don't think so. Well, here's the thing. Like, and 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 Genova, Mike Genova came on the show and he explained that he couldn't get any answers from anybody on what the situation had happened and Mike's second motor was coming up and and all that. But and I understand that that makes sense. However, you know, Davey Coombs, the MX Sports people. They're not making this up. Hey, hey, guys. Hey, Roy, Roy Jansen, come here. I got an idea. Hey, I'm going to get a laser pointer. I'm going to go accuse Jeff Alessi. I'm going to bring him into the pits. And this will all be a good joke. At the end of the day, we'll tell him, ah, I got you guys. You know what I mean? So, like, they're, MX, so maybe they didn't know the whole story. Mike Genova, Tony Alessi didn't know the whole story um, at that point. But you got to think there's a, if there's some smoke with an official who found a laser pointer, on Jeff Alessi, there was a rider who said he got laser pointed. Uh, chances are we're pretty good. We're, 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 you know, you as Mike Genova should be like, wow, okay, this sounds pretty bad for our, for our, for Jeff Alessi, for my guy right now. Well, but, I think the point you're making is, and you can get the example of this in 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 most situations like this, when one per one piece of person or or one athlete is involved with something that is way sideways. The usual reaction is for the team to put out a very professional statement and said, you know, we do not condone or endorse the type of behavior. We will do everything we can to rectify this and, and, and move away from it as far as, you know, and I don't want to compare what Jeff did, for example, to Aaron Hernandez, but that's exactly what they do, right? They immediately say, uh, you know, the team tries to build a wall between yeah. themselves yeah. and the athlete. So they do not all get dragged down with what one person did. Instead, they did the exact opposite. They yes. have battened down the hatches. They are united in their front, which is only making it worse. Right. And this goes right. to <clears throat> so if all that happens and they just they just say, hey, we're going to look into it, uh, Davey, Roy Jansen, let's have a yeah. meeting. Um, probably not much happens besides the credential thing could get them in trouble and Jeff Alessi could get in big trouble, who doesn't even race anymore. For practical purposes, and isn't doesn't, no, doesn't you know? Work. I can't go that far because I, I think uh, that laser thing is pretty gnarly. And I think if you're MX Sports or whoever would be running the series, you know, if this happened in Supercross, whatever, I think you've really got to give them a big shot to the nuts because this is a really dangerous, uh, potentially dangerous situation. And you know, the only thing that's really going to hurt them is messing with the rider who is representing the team. Like if you find the team, or you ban Jeff, or even if you ban Tony for a bit. 
I don't think any of that is hurting enough. You've got to do something ah, see, to penalize the athlete that counts, and that's Mike, even though it's not Mike's fault, it's just the way it has to be. It's interesting you say that. I would not agree with that necessarily, but okay. All right, lasers are deadly. I get it. You're, you're on that yeah, bandwagon. Yeah, I, I think it's the statement that you're making that, you know, I think as the organizer you have to make a statement of, we're not going to put any shenanigans, and to make sure that something like this doesn't happen again, we're going to let everybody know that, because honestly, how much of a penalty really is it if they just ban Jeff? Like, it's almost worth the risk. Just not even at the races normally anyway, right? Uh, well, to quote the dude again, I don't, don't want to keep bringing... I don't, want, I don't want to keep bringing the dude into this, but you basically have to draw a line in the sand and let <laughs> him know that this aggression will not stand. <laughs> this aggression will not stand. You do not cross this line. Um, because after the race is where I feel like a lot of the penalties were incurred. Tony Les, let's go over the penalties. Michael Lessie got his points taken away. Michael Lessie was fined $5,000, but not really if he stays out of trouble for a year. Mike had his, uh, or Jeff is banned indefinitely from AMA pro license events as well as the outdoors. So even, and I imagine uh, he needs a pro license to race supercross, so that will extend to next year. Tony is banned from uh, the rest of 2013 Nationals, and the team is fined $10,000. So that's the penalties for what happened. I have to think Tony's penalty and perhaps the team fine. I don't. I guess it's a good question to what you guys think. But if it if the confrontation after the race doesn't happen, and they just take their lumps, what fines are assessed? How much worse did they make it? Yeah, it's in that mix somewhere for sure. They did make it worse. There's no doubt about it. Um, but the you know even just for starters, just literally the credential thing. Uh, I don't think you can overreact to that because you know in general there's a reason that certain people get certain access. Correct. Yes. You know. Uh, so I think they're already in big trouble as soon as the team manager credential, which specifically says you can't give this to someone else, uh, is handed over. Would it have been as bad? No, but I don't think it's all because of the post-race stuff. No, you know no, no. I mean? no. Like they were already in some hot water for sure. I think so, but I think I think they're, yeah. you know, Mike Chinova said last night that they're not going to Millville. Uh, they're not doing the rest of the Nationals. And had right. the post-race stuff not happened, I think they go to Millville. You know, I think Tony's not suspended. Yeah. I think. Yep. There, there's there's some issues there. So I guess, you yep. know, after the race, so I tweeted, I, uh, you know, I saw, like I said earlier, I spoke to some people and I saw some people who, who I, I witnessed it, spoke to some officials, felt pretty confident that Davey caught um, Jeff with a laser pointer. And I tweeted it, that it happened and he had been ejected. I thought it was from the facility. I guess it was just from the, from the track area. Um, I, in between the motos, I went and spoke to Ryan Villapoto and he said, yeah, I got lasered. I spoke to Tony. Tony didn't know anything about it and um, and said that uh, he was gathering the facts as we speak. And I'm like, okay, well, whatever. And then so I tweeted it uh, during the first moto. And I guess it never reached Tony Alessi until the end of the day where he was not happy. And we, you had oh. a front row seat for this. Oh, this is awesome. So uh, after the race, I go to the Kawasaki truck to ask Villapoto, you know, hey, did, the, did this laser thing actually have an impact? I'm basically just trying to decide. You know, is this important enough where we need to put in our race report? Like, can we blame his bad start in the first moto on this? I'm trying to figure out, is it, shudder to use these words, is it race-related or is it just off-the-track stuff? You know what I mean? I go to the Kawasaki truck, talk to Villapoto, and they are all going nuts like, you got to go over there. They're giving it to Malthus right now. you got to go over there. <laughs> and enjoying it quite heartily. Right. Um, 
So I actually run their pump. They're like, go, 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 go. Because they want, <laughs> they, they know if people in Kawasaki shirts go over there, that's probably not going to be good. Right. Um, so they wanted a witness. So I, I, I would go over there. And uh, I didn't realize it was this bad until I got there. And I seriously thought that we would be fighting. You I, did? Yeah. Okay. Did, did you? Did you think? I, I thought we would um, be fighting. Yes, sure. I did. I did. And by, But my wife says that you would not be fighting. I would, I was, if shots were yeah. swung or taken, Take that I would have, I would have gotten in the middle of it, obviously, okay. to try to break things up. Okay, fantastic. Thanks. Yeah, no, absolutely, I would have. In my experience from having gone to high school, which uh, maybe some people in the pits cannot relate to, <laughs> is you can always break fights up. As long as there are people around, there's never anything to fear. Right. So, yeah, whatever happened, if it was no. Genova, and what, you know, when I went over there, it was Tony, Genova, and Jeff. Right. Um. You know, whatever. People are going to be swinging. People are going to be grabbed, held back. There's going to be a pile. People are going to get broken up. Like, there's really nothing bad is going to come out of it. So, yeah, I would have gotten in there. Tell Pookie, I'm very upset about did, this. Did you uh, did you see both times Jeff came at me? There was two. No, I only came okay. up the second time. All right, yeah, there was two um, two yeah. times where he had to get held back where he was like, I'm going to knock you out. I'm going to, you know, drop an yeah. elbow on you. I'm going to yeah. do this and that. And, yep. and and one of the times I said, are you going to do something? Because I'm like, and I, I, I started putting one of my recorders in my pocket because I'm like, this thing's going to, you know, I don't want to be holding this when this guy swings at me, you know? Um, so it was... So you were asking him if the coast was going to be clear. You now, were letting, letting here, him help you prepare. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing. I went to the truck. Now, I do some work for X-Brand Goggles that Mike, Mike Alessi wears. I went to the truck after the race to get Mike's goggles, saw Jeff Alessi, and said, Jeff, what are you doing? And he said, dude, it wasn't me. It was my ex-girlfriend. And immediately I did not buy that. Immediately I did not buy that. I go, come on, dude. And he goes, dude, I swear. I swear. Come here. Come here. And I didn't. I'm like, I'm not going into the little. I don't want to hear this story. Like, I don't believe you. You know? Um, so I went and got all the other goggles. I went and did some interviews. I went and uh, and hung out and uh, came back because I wanted to talk to Mike. I thought he had a great second moto. And I wanted to talk to Mike about uh, how the goggles were and, uh, and how uh, everything was. Um, and that, when Tony saw the tweet and Jeff flipped out on me at that point, I'd already seen Jeff after the race. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, it got, I, I was a little strange cause I assumed that they had seen it, you know, like it, it, this was a while after the race, but, yeah. um, actually, uh, real quickly, uh, my wife wanted to, uh, here she is. Um, go ahead. <laughs> what? You, you did not think Weege would. Only because Weege seems more of a lover than a fighter to me. Is okay, that right, please, please, Mathis. Yeah. Put the DVD in. Show her the backyard <laughs> wrestling experience. I've taken uh, bumps, how can I forget? I've taken chairs. I've gone through tables. That's what it takes. That's what it takes. That's oh, a good okay. point. Weege would have taken his pants off in no time. So you would have thrown some bows if needed. That's good. Yeah, okay. I, I, I hope it wouldn't have come down to me having to rape somebody. <laughs> But you were ready, too, if needed. I'm not sure, JT. <laughs> JT, I'm not sure that wrestling is really applicable. Those tapes are not applicable in the real world. I don't think so. <laughs> and there were, there were no one. ropes to jump off of. <laughs> right. Sorry, Weed. Sometimes you have to take hits. You can't fake every hit in wrestling, that's all I can say. So if right. I had to go in there and take okay. a, a shove or two while we're on the ground in a scrum, you just kind of deal with it. Like, no one's going to no get straight up punched in the face. Right, and that's pretty much all you're worried about. Well, it's gonna be a, no, there might be yeah. one punch in the face by somebody, and then that's it. Right, 
That's it. Yeah, but yeah. it's just a flail, and people are holding people back. Like, there's really nothing to fear. If you're in an alley and you're like, man, this could go on for a half hour, we might be in trouble. But Ooh. the J. Jar truck was across the way, Matt. I don't know if you realize there must have been 150 people <laughs> over there waiting. Like, it was every other person left in the pitch was gathered at the truck across the way, like, waiting for something to happen. Was it really, huh? There was that many oh. people? Oh. oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't. The whole truck. I was in the yeah. moment. A semi-truck is how long? 150 feet? Uh, yeah. Yeah, whatever. Full-on people shoulder to shoulder. The whole 150 feet. <laughs> yeah. It's the like, if it happens, it'll get broken up quickly. We don't have anything to worry about. Well, but, okay. So, um, um, okay. So, what, what, no, what I wanted to ask you both of you guys was, uh, uh, I forget now. It was on top of my, on tip of my tongue. What? Okay. So, well, the point you were making, you know, the, the point they they were obviously upset that you put this out there and, it was unfortunate for them to make that point because I feel like it falls right into the, the like credo that you live your life by over and over, which is all I did was talk to people that are credible, that I can trust, and I reported what they said happened. There's nothing wrong with me doing that. And I feel like that's your, that's your motto like seven days a week in this sport. Am I right? Like that's uh, all you're doing. Yeah, yeah. No, that's it. And that's yeah. why – I like it. Strangely enough, and both neither one of you guys are like big fighter dudes. You know what I mean? I mean, JT does wear True Religion um, t-shirts, but um, I got a lot of props and a lot of texts and a lot of tweets about keeping my composure. None of that was ever in my mind to fight. To fight and call me, uh, you know, whatever you want, but it's not worth it. I don't care. I'm reporting that Jeff Alessi had a laser. I. I, I not worth fighting for, in my eyes. You know what I mean? Just reporting the news. No, just reporting. I knew the you facts. weren't going to fight. You weren't going to fight them. Yeah. But yeah. you were not going to just say, okay, whatever, dude, and walk away because you want to make the point of, no, I talked to officials. I talked to eyewitnesses. They told me this. I didn't just make it up. Uh, right. And right. I think you kept saying, so what are you saying? They're out to get you. They're making things up. They're yeah. just completely fabricated this, and I feel like you kept making that point over and over, and I feel like it's the point you make all the time, and you were more than glad to make it again under these circumstances where they're accusing you of making things up. Right, yeah, um, I know. yeah, yeah. And then it all ended when you said, I talked to officials, I talked to eyewitnesses, who else can I talk to besides an official running the race to get an official word on it? Yeah, because their thing was, you didn't see it, and I'm just like, I, I if someone's bike breaks and I didn't see it, I go over to the team and I ask them what happened, and they said, yeah, the bike ran out of gas, and I'm I'm comfortable with reporting that. So, yeah, so, and I'm, that's when Tony dropped the. So, if one of those people said that you raped that girl over there, would that be believable? And that's when it went to another level. Yeah, and then I said, okay, all right, cool. And then there was another point where Tony said, "Hey, Mike, sue sue this guy for slander." And I said, okay, all right. Once again, yep. JT yep. Uh, or Weege, both of you, one hundred percent, nothing wrong with me tweeting that, right? Or am I am I crazy? Or should I have held back? Uh, uh, I'm all for it. I, I think some people within the sport think how, as we like to use the term, cheese ball, sometimes these things work, you know, where blatant truths are not supposed to go reported. Um, I, I think some people would think, oh, you know, you don't even need to go there. But I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Yeah. Um, JT? It was, honestly, I was in the press tent, and I heard some people say, well, I can't, you know, when I came back from the near fight, people were like, well, man, I can't believe Mathis would even tweet that. And I'm like, why? Why do we just assume in this sport that, okay, first we know it happened for sure. Second, we need to find out if we can actually say it. Like, that's the way. Yeah. 
way motocross works, correct? Yeah, yeah, a lot of times. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest. After my chopper incident, I'm out. <laughs> I, I probably exactly. I probably just completely ignore it. Laser? What laser? I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I mean, and I'm guilty of it too. I mean, RV was in the press conference, and Vitus and I were joking about this for ten minutes before the press conference begins, and then. I didn't ask him a question about it because I don't know where this thing is at right now, and I'm not going to ask him in front of everybody. I'll ask him later when we can just talk about it without that blows me away. people in the press room recording it. That blows, was, that blows me away. that you. I asked him. He said, yeah, man, I got lasered. I, I absolutely would have asked him. Yeah, I didn't know if it was like, this is already under some crazy investigation, and that's just putting RV in a weird situation, and he doesn't want to talk about it. So I'm like, I'll ask him about it after the press conference instead of in front of everybody. Um, ah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we're all, we're all guilty of that in his work pretty much except you. And that's why you're the square peg in a round hole on occasion. Uh, no, I, I'm guilty of it too, for sure. You know, some, probably oh, okay. sometimes I'm not one of those dudes that's just reporting everything. If I reported everything I heard and knew, and I tell people this all the time, like, you know, I'd have nobody who, 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 you know, would, would ever talk to me at all. Yeah. Let's face it. Yeah. We all hear stuff sort of off the record and in between and yep. different, but this was like an official went and ejected him and caught him with it. Like, this was a an event that happened in front of everybody, you know? So. Well, Mathis, Mathis, you definitely are not scared to put it out there. And honestly, I'm not sure if I'm ready to step it up to your level. So <laughs> I may have just stayed away from it. But I think, I think it needed to be out there. Right. I just, right, uh, right. yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit gun-shy at this point. Don't use the word step up either. Five. It was yeah, uh, yeah, um, intentional. Yeah, you know what? Um, I I don't regret anything I did. It happened, and I got my fa- Turns out my facts were one hundred percent correct, and and you know, and everything else. So, you know, those guys just they just didn't. I don't understand why they just didn't fall on their sword. Like what Jeff did, you know, Ryan Villapoto is not blind. He won the race. He got an okay start. It didn't jack him up really. He even admitted that. Uh, I didn't know anything about Mookie, and I think that was all just during the sight lap. At that, end, that's the end of the story. It's a goofball thing by Jeff Alessi, and the, the story is over, and it's buried, and they just all took it to new levels. With well, re- you would, yeah. you would think a team, if any team was comfortable being in hot water, it would be Smart Top Motocon. <laughs> Very well, yeah. <laughs> a fair assessment. Yeah, nice. absolutely, nice. absolutely. Yes. So, um, so Weege, in your eyes. The penalties imposed by MX Sports, who, who of course, keep in mind, um, are one and the same with Racer X. Racer X is, is, you know, the magazine end of things. Racer X, MX Sports is the promotions end of the company. So, yep. you know, not to not to confuse anybody. And this podcast is a Racer X podcast. So, um, Weed, you're fine with all the penalties. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yep. I, I think you have to think of, you know, it's not just the laser thing. There's so many things involved. Like I said, right. I think you do have to do something to the to where it's going to hit the hardest. And you're going to hit them hardest by giving Mike a penalty, even though it's not Mike's fault. And I don't anyone thinks Mike had anything to do with it. Does anybody think that? Oh, that's what, actually, you know what? That's what I remember when I said I had something on the tip of my tongue. Oh. That, that's what it was. Okay. Does anybody think Mike Genova, Tony Alessi, and Mike Alessi have anything to do with this? I don't believe anybody did. I don't think anyone Bes- that. Besides but, Jeff Alessi. Okay. But to make the penalty sting enough to prevent this type of thing from happening, uh, I think you have to, because a ten thousand dollar fine and banning, and even banning Tony for the rest of the year, uh, you know, I think they can live with that. 
but uh, you penalize the rider. I mean, you take fifty points away or whatever he scored for the day. Oh, did he go one? Did that. he go? Did he go one one? I wasn't aware of that. Right, right. Well, whatever. Um, <laughs> I, I think you just have to do it because you have to have a penalty that really inflicts some pain, and that's uh, the way you do it. I, you I, go to the athlete. I disagree. I think that was a little much, to be honest. And again, like uh, it's just my opinion. Taking it away from Michael Lessie, taking the points away from Michael Lessie was a little much. I'm not saying it was. No, uh, but but to argue that Mathis, any time that they tell you at riders meeting, if your team member or any person associated with you, if they buy a pass under your name, if they're wearing your team shirt, if they have anything to do with your team, the rider is responsible. They say it every week. Oh, it's okay. Been drilled into our heads. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I literally heard that that statement thousands of times. From okay. years of going to the races, watching, racing, everything. They tell you every time, be careful who you sell passes to. If they do anything, it's coming back on you. Oh, okay. All right. Who knew? Um, so, okay, so the points from Michael Lessie, for both of you guys, you're fine. I'm, I'm fine with it. I think uh, I, I agree with Wygant. What, what can they possibly do to Tony or Jeff that is going to be relevant? Right. You know, I, I really think that they needed to send a clear message that this is not okay. Okay. Like you can't do things like this. Well, yeah. Poor Michael Lessie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Totally. I, I completely agree with that as well. I really do. Yep. I don't think it's fair to Michael Lessie, but I don't see an alternative to making this penalty, you know, the basically the crime or the penalty just for the crime. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. Well, what do I know? It's that time again. Thanks for listening to the Racer X podcast show brought to you by BTOsports.com, presented by Thor MX. I appreciate it. Don't forget to click on the Amazon banner on PulpMX.com to help out PulpMX.com. We appreciate it. Listen to these commercials. Buy from these sponsors. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side. Rex Podcast Show is brought to you by BTOsports.com. Whether you are looking for new gear, helmets, boots, or you need to rebuild your bike from the ground up, BTO is your source for all of your motocross needs. As a proud sponsor of the BTO Sports KTM race team and the heart of the BTO Sports amateur motocross team, it is obvious that we are about more than being just a store. We support the sport that supports us. us. We at BTO Sports want to give back to you, the listener, for supporting us and the Racer X Podcast Show. Use coupon code Pulp MX when placing your order at btosports.com for a VIP listener discount. Certain brand restrictions will apply. For 2013, JT Racing enters its next generation with the all-new Evolve Light, ProTech, Enduro, and Limited Edition collections, taking quality and innovation to a whole new level. Also available in youth sizes, each collection is built with high-grade materials offering its own unique characteristics to meet the demands of today's riders, both recreationally and competitively. To find a dealer or view the entire collection online, log on to JTRacingUSA.com. Championship proven. Many motocross apparel brands make that claim, but only Thor can back it up. 
As America's first motocross apparel brand, Thor has set the standard for delivering the highest quality performance racewear on the market for the past 45 years. With champions like Ryan Villapoto, Blake Baggett, and Dean Wilson, to name a few, our products truly are championship proven. To see all the new 2013 products, visit ThorMX.com or head to your local Thor Parts Unlimited dealer. Thor, the official racewear of Supercross. Anything else to this? Do we do? We do, um, do we cover it? It reminds me of, uh, it reminds me of uh, coincidentally, like, what, a week or so ago, you and I did that email uh, exchange with the racer site about Mike's career. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and within that, you made a point that drives me nuts when people say that. You said, you know, the Tedesco kill switch thing really hurt Mike's rep. You know, and that's, I don't think you said it was unfortunate, but I do hear people, hear people say from time, ah, that kill switch thing, man, that really hurt him. And yeah. I've said over and over, I'm like, the kill switch thing was not a one-day meltdown. It wasn't a bad judgment call. It's the way they have always done it, and it's the way they will always operate. They try to win at all costs. And I, I think you probably had to know them on the amateur side a little more to understand that. Yeah, but to yeah, me, that yeah. kill switch thing was never an isolated incident, and this is a perfect example. These are the things they do. Oh, and, see, yeah. I, mean, I, I honestly yeah. always have thought kill switch incident was – Heat of the moment, stupidity. I think that was a convenient excuse on their end okay. to be like, you know, okay, we learned our lesson. We'll never do it again. We're sorry. That was just a meltdown. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Isolated case. It's not an isolated case. Like, again, go talk to Villapoto or his dad or Millsaps or his parents about how much of an isolated case. Okay, have they, did they use a laser pointer before? No. <laughs> but I'm sure there were 15 other laser examples, laser uh, pointer type thing yeah, yeah. that happened. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I was ne- I was never happy when they got to say, "Oh, I just had a one day meltdown," and I'm like, "No, you're finally reaping what you sow for doing crazy things like this." And that's unfortunately not necessarily on Mike. The Tedesco thing was him. A lot of these other things probably weren't. But I mean, <laughs> the dad's the team manager. You're not that separated from the incident. Yeah. So is there a bit of you saying that? We is there a bit of you that thinks Tony was in on this? I mean, not. I, mean, I honestly, you know what? No, that wasn't my reaction at first. But if you read the the uh, the uh, penalty press release, they actually almost make it seem that way, don't you? God, he went. Uh, ape, he, I mean, he really went apeshit over his twenty four year old son. Yeah, not, and not, that's the thing. Like, if I would have a little more sympathy if they were like, Jeff's not even on this team. Jeff's not even a part of this. Jeff has nothing to do with this. Get him out of here. This is in no way uh, speaks for the way Moto Concepts Racing does business. But when he has the team shirt and a team radio and Tony's credential, and then they go apeshit defending him, I kind of feel like at this point they're all connected. And you know, you know? And, and I and I and I like Mike Genova. I've given him a lot of time on the Pulp Show, and I like some of his ideas. And we need more people like him in the sport. But I didn't get a clear answer from Mike on the Pulp Show or Tony on how Jeff had a team shirt and a credential and a headset. Like it was sort of like. Yeah, he did it on his own, but no, he didn't because he had my credential. And there was never um, like a a real definite like what happened. How did he do this? Because you know, all you guys had a, had a, had an in on this. So yeah, I had a question. <clears throat> what was the basically in the in the punishment press release? Um, there was talk of. Uh, Jeff radioing the situation, what was going on. 
That that was what I read. Does anybody else remember reading that? I think that it made threat. it sound like he was being directed what to do via the headset. That, that's I what I was getting at. Yeah, I'm just wondering. Yeah, it's strange. Like, what was actually, you know, I, I would like to know more on that. You know, I'm not saying that's true, or I just am kind of curious as to who he was talking to and what was actually going on in that conversation. Hmm. I guess I need to read that. I thought I read it. I don't remember that part, though, JT, or I have to read it again or something. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah I, would, I would assume... I would assume that was the Rockstar Suzuki guy, because that was the person who was up there watching this happen, yeah, right? Brent Myron. Uh, yeah. Okay, so it's Brent Myron. I mean, it, they, it, it says that they witnessed him taking direction via the team radio, uh, which seems, that, to me, that seem, would seem awfully hard to prove, um, unless yeah. Brent's really that into eavesdropping on another team's conversation. It seems kind of bizarre to me. Yeah, okay. But that's what it says. Yeah. That's yeah. what it says. Um, there you go. Huh. Wow, bizarre! I did enjoy. Yeah. I did enjoy the reaction of everyone around when when you were getting screamed at, and everybody was like getting hyped up, and you just heard like, "Yeah, yeah, whoa, whoa!" But when that rape comment was dropped, you just heard a collective, "Whoa!" Like that's gone too far. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. I, it was just the silence was deafening after he dropped the. But what if an official said that you raped that girl over there? Does that mean uh, you actually did it? No, Tony. Well, Tony said at one point, I think the rape thing was brought up a bunch, but Tony did say, I'm going to go on the Internet and say you raped that girl. And I'm like, okay, great. We'll go to court, I guess. We'll go to court and we'll figure out that I didn't rape that girl. And I remember the girl going, what? Me? Like, <laughs> I, think it had the same, I think it had the same effect as when he accused MX Sports of operating a drug ring. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. It was uh, a similar, similar point. Again, like we should what the, what they should do in in, in university or college. If you're in, if you're taking PR in college, um, your professor should take the situation and be like, okay, everybody, what we got here is a team member using a laser on uh, on, a, on another rider. Uh, this is what they did. Um, this is the worst thing you can do. This is the absolute worst thing you can do. Do not do this. Do not do this if you're a PR person. This is this is not the way to do it, and uh, and, and and lay this case out step by step. You know, so yeah, I took those classes, and we actually had those exact things. They always use the Exxon Valdez as the worst handled thing ever. Oh, they did. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the scale of worst is always based on how badly you lie and deny at the beginning. Always comes back to make it worse in the end. Right, right. You know, the the quicker you come in and agree with the victim and take ownership of it. But, man, once you start once you start playing offense on the defense, only going to make things worse. Yeah. Unless you know it didn't happen. Unless you know it didn't happen. But in this case, right, right, pretty right. hard to say it didn't happen. And same thing when, oil, when millions of gallons of oil are in the water. At this point, you're pretty much asked. Well, that you was, might as well own up to it. You know, at the time after the race, they didn't have any of this evidence. They, they said that MX Sports wasn't talking to them too much. They didn't know what was going on. Jeff was denying it. Jeff was uh, mad shit-talking me on Instagram, and, like, he's changed his story three or four times, so that's awesome, too. So, I, even if, and my, this is my point, Weed, you heard this, tell me them, um, even if they don't know the facts, they, Davey Coombs is not lying about finding a laser pointer on, on Jeff Alessi. Ryan Villapoto would not make up being laser-pointered right there, knowing nothing else, right there, shut up, right there. You know, yeah, uh, so. uh, and, and never yeah. mind all the subsequent evidence, pictures, photos, uh, blah 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 blah. Uh, and you, chances are, if you're Tony, 
You saw Jeff at PIR on Thursday with a laser pointer, and you probably saw him in a truck with a laser pointer. You know, as a dad, you probably said, what is my stupid kid doing with that laser pointer? So, yeah, right yep. there, be quiet. Because there's a very good chance that what Davey Coombs is saying happened, happened. So Yeah, I, I think they went down a bad road when they started uh, denying. It's like, I, I hate to keep quoting the Big Lebowski, but the plane has crashed into the mountain. You know, <laughs> yes. it's basically over at this point. Right. Everyone knows you did it. Everyone saw you doing it. You know, you've had, there's just uh, basically no way you're talking your way out of this, and denying it is just making it worse at this point. I can get you a tow by 3 o'clock. <laughs> there are ways, dude. There are ways. All right, are we done? Should we move on to the race? Literally. There was a race? The, literally. Are we, bothered or are, we uh, are we done with the whole podcast? I mean, is this all? Is, is, I thought it was just happened? a laser gate podcast. <laughs> Four hours and 45 minutes of the Paul Mech show, and I, I don't think we talked about Washugo one time. I, I would have to check the records. I don't think we talked about it one time. So, I mean, do you just want to continue that? Yeah, I don't even know. Maybe this was a vast, a vast attempt to make sure a, Ryan Villapoto doesn't ever win at Washougal. And if he does win, we'll at least make sure that no one talks about it. Yeah. The one last what are the What are the odds that Moto Concepts is done? Done, done at this point. I mean, you know, Mike Genova said he wasn't going to Millville. I, I still find that hard to believe. I mean, the $10,000 isn't a big deal. Mike Alessi himself had nothing to do with this. Mike's a great rider. He's going to be in the mix. Um, you know, I, yeah, I, I don't think so, JT. I think that's okay. – uh, That's why yeah. I'm asking what are the odds. I, yeah, I don't know. That's slim, I think, slim. He, I mean, he's got, a, he's got a tough road to hoe to get any kind of acceptance after this deal, I think. Well, does Tony get does, – does Tony come back for Anaheim 1? I think so, right? I don't know. Speaking from a, a sponsor side of it, do you want? Would you want your company associated with this right now? No, no. You you got a good. That's point. That's what I'm looking at. Yeah, you have a good point. You're right. Um, Weege, what do you think? Well, I don't know. The, the one the one advantage that the the team has is I don't think they are as contingent upon. I mean, they've built themselves to be not as contingent upon sponsorships. Like it's Genova's and Tony's show. You know what I mean? I mean, they went out of the way to. We do not have manufacturer support for starters. So if any team is equipped to say, if the industry doesn't put up their sponsors, I don't think they live and die by it as much as, say, you know, if Kawasaki pissed off Monster Energy, they got problems. I don't think, uh, who, I mean, who, who is the massive sponsor of those, that team that are going to break it? Yeah. No, I, I understand what you're saying, but at the same yeah. time, to be competitive, he needs to get good tires from someone. He needs to get things yeah, people. So, yeah. I, I don't know that that'll be affected or not. I have no idea. But I'm just saying, as a company, you're probably not real excited about having your name plastered alongside it right now. I'm just guessing. I, I don't know. Um, right. You know, and and time's going to heal all things. People are going to, you know, it's going to boil over and all that kind of stuff. But uh, probably not a great situation right now. I, I honestly think the best thing for them is just to go away right now and let this thing calm down. I really do. It, who would have thought years later that it would be Jeff that would bring the empire I, down? I know. We thought he but was. That's out. why they had a good. They had a good way out of it. I don't think anyone knows what Jeff's involvement with the family or the team is at all right now. It would have been very easy right now 
to disassociate yourself from what he did. They could have easily pulled that off. It's not like Jeff is there every weekend working for the team, you know? They could have said he no. went rogue. Yeah. But they didn't. <laughs> he went rogue. <laughs> totally. They could have said, we don't have nothing to do with it, man. He came in here, he took the shirt, and he grabbed the pen, and we don't have nothing to do with it. But they Jeff, was a, Jeff was the second laser man on the grassy knoll. Yeah. <laughs> and and then drop in the Alessi Weekly. Jeff goes rogue. Slash, 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 slash. Slash, medley, laser, competition, <laughs> Davy Coombs. Comp, <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, Jeff Alessi does not work for the team. He doesn't ride for the team. Although he rode on Thursday, you know, a little bit with the team at, at, a, at a local race. Um, he hasn't been around that much. He raced Supercross this year. Um, but, yeah, basically it was like a one-time thing. It was like, you know, but then again, JT, like you say, John, uh, every week in riders meeting, you're responsible for your crew. Yeah. So, okay, so if Jeff Alessi's not wearing a team shirt and not wearing a headset, this is way different again, right? It depends on where he got his pass. I would think it still comes back to that. Still? Okay. But, yeah, I think if he just bought a – bought, you know, if he had been standing in the in the infield crowd, because you could have easily done it from, you know, from there – uh, just with a general spectator. I think if he had just bought a, a normal ticket, general access, was standing in the crowd and done it, I don't think they would have penalized Michael Lessie. I really don't. Yeah. It's like a, just a... I don't, th- I don't see how they could. You, that's not, that wouldn't be really fair. But once you put a team shirt on, a team headset, you're illegally have your father's team manager pass on, I mean, it's pretty much game on at that point yeah. to penalize the team. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you and Emic didn't want to get into it? Uh, why can't? Did you know anything uh, about it? Did you? No, the only thing we knew about it was you actually texting uh, JT and I that this had happened. And I mean, I mean, you have no idea what. <laughs> I mean, it's just one text from you. It's not really a lot of information to go on. <laughs> when you when you got that text from me, uh, believable or not? Did you think I was high? Was I perhaps? Uh, I was glued to my phone like the space shuttle had just crashed. <laughs> Like I, I, I was believe... shocked. I couldn't. I was begging for more. I was yeah. horrified. Right, right. Yeah. I believed it immediately. And then when JT said, wait, really, I was like, come on, come on, baby. Say really, say really. And you wrote back really. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I believed it immediately. Uh, what could I have put that would you, would you not have believed? Like it, almost anything, right? Yeah, I mean, Jeff Alessi messing with Villapoto, like it, pretty much anything. And like I said, that's why the Tedesco gate wasn't. <laughs> that's why it bothers me when we claim it's an isolated case. Right. However, the Tedesco situation was Larry Brooks the team manager at that time. Oh yeah. Can you imagine <laughs> the, the schemes that were being cooked up in those days? You had Tony and Brooks working together. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Oh God! Um, of all the days for you to take vacation, why again, and not go to the JGR shop on Monday? Yeah, I mean, trust me, it's been burning me badly. <laughs> knowing how good your show is going to be, how badly we want to do this podcast on Sunday. I mean, uh, yeah, you know, I try to, I try to take the family on vacation here because I'll be whatever, like nine or ten straight days at Millville and Loretta, Loretta's. Who knew that the Washougal National would end up being? It's the national of the year by far. Yeah, easy. And hands down. Easy. Red bud, move over. Um, just yesterday, um, like Mitch Payton, Jeff Ward, Ron Lachine, uh, you people, people texting me like out of the blue, just this, the viral, the video went viral. The, 
The Jeff Alessi uses a laser on Ryan Villapoto. I mean, and how many people spelt laser wrong, too? It's with an S, everybody. Okay. All right. Okay. Anything else? Uh, no, I mean, okay. Tomac had rode great. Um, yep. Villapoto rode great in the second moto. I thought Dungey's ri- went, you know, people forget. Uh, RV couldn't. RV lost some serious time to Dungey in the first moto. Dungey rode great in that first moto. You know, um, he went for a pass on Stu. Couldn't, you know, took him a while to get by him. Uh, Villapoto in the press conference did mention that the pass on James Stewart was intentionally done on the outside. Weez, did you catch that? Yes. Yeah. And, and you, Stewart had said, I don't let people passing on the outside in, uh, at Redbud. But I will say that what you can't get out of, um, you know, the transcription of it is Stewart said it with a smile. Villapoto said it with a smile. I think they were both serious, but I think it was a friendly bit of jest between the two of them. It wasn't like vindictive as it might probably sound yeah. that way. Usually yeah. whatever James Stewart says is interpreted horribly. Um, you know, I think it was like a friendly competition between the two. Like, oh, I'm not letting you pass me on the outside. Oh, yeah, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Like two guys talking trash in the yard yeah, with their yeah. friend right. playing basketball. And still, it was, it was funny. It was. Uh, yeah, I think that's all it was. Uh, Blake Baggett had a terrible day. He's out of this thing now. Um, he's done. Um, Adam Cincerello had a great first moto. We saw the best ride of his pro career. He once again beats Cooper Webb by one point. <laughs> it's just, it's just I don't know. I can't explain that anymore. Justin Hill, he's not a write-off yet, Weege. Fifth overall. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, I did some research on his. What he had finished, I think, 12 of 14 motos between, like, ninth and 14th, mm-hmm. which is like, uh, JT, maybe we can ask you about that. Finishing between ninth and 14th, is there a worse thing you can do consistently finishing in that? How does that work industry-wise? Yeah, between finishing 15 and through 20. <laughs> I, 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 don't even, I don't even know if that's true, because my, my point is consistently finishing 9th and 14th should be better than finishing between 15th and 20th. But how many times have we seen, for example, the Nico Izzy's of the world, you pull a start, lead a bunch of laps, and then get 19th or crash out. That's awesome. But just being solid and going nine to fourteen, like that's all Hill has done this year, and I think most people think his year has been bad, right? Right. You're better off going off him for three laps and then DNFing than finishing uh, between ninth and fourteenth every week. The term is called balls. But what out. if you didn't go off him the first three laps and you still got nineteenth? What then? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, I heard there was a you know Justin Hill got a little pep talk. Um, you know, like you're better than this kind of deal, and uh, what better way to turn it around than at your home track? So, um, <laughs> had to be a confidence builder, right? Well, again, getting myself probably in trouble, like I did with the other tweet. Uh, I was told, and I don't know if this was true. I'll put you in Arena Cross next year. Yeah, you have a contract, but you don't need you don't need to be in Supercross and Nationals. So, maybe there was some of that. I'm going to stay away um, from that at this point <laughs> in my journalistic career. I'm just saying, I, I just heard that. And, uh, you know, we'll see um, if, if it works or not. Uh, the point I'm making with Hill is that I don't think he's actually been that bad. Like, I think he's actually been pretty good this year. But just the way the industry works, especially when you're on the team, is that when you're finishing where he finishes, mm-hmm. that is considered sucking, even though I don't think it's actually sucking. But that's just the way the sport tends to work. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, he's probably beaten Cooper Webb at a lot of motos this year, right? Uh, I go, oh, let me see. Keep talking. Okay. Here and there. I wouldn't say a lot. But. Keep, keep talking. Well, he's beaten him here and there, but he does not have a podium in a moto. He's not led laps. So it's like Cooper Webb is, you know, the next big thing, and Justin Hill is stuck. I mean, that's pretty much the interpretation that you get. Now, I do think Webb is better, faster, has more potential, whatever, but I don't think Hill has been as bad as people seem to think. Maybe that includes his team owner. We're waiting on some math here, I believe. Uh, yeah, we are. Okay. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's actually uh, Weege. Uh, it's 9-7 uh, to seven, uh, for Cooper Webb. Motos. That's what I'm saying. Do you, but oh, that's well. not what matters. It's the result doesn't matter. Yeah. The, the flash of brilliance. That's what the industry wants. That's yeah. the way it's always been. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. yeah. I would if you had if I had not just added them up, I would have said no way was it nine to seven. No. I think Cooper right. had some DNFs and bad motos in there too. Right, right. Yeah. But that and that's what I'm saying. That's okay. The worst thing to do is just consistently get elevens. The best well, thing to do is have a couple of good motos and a couple of bad motos. That's fine. Travis Baker. You're not scoring any points with me right now, Weege. <laughs> have you ever been in this have you ever had this conversation before JT I'm assuming it's happened a time or two uh, yeah you suck uh, I had that conversation hundreds of times that's not, I'm not saying I endorse it or I agree I'm just saying that's the way it is um, yeah yeah no I agree with Weech it, it is that way for sure the sport is weird like that the, the, term is called, the, the, the term is called going balls out when you're out front oh, like that sorry. yeah yeah. gotcha Um. Yep. All right, Stu was good, 3-3. Three, three. Weimer went 10-4 four for fourth. Wow. Good for Weimer. Zach Osborne's first motos continue to haunt him. Bogle had a good day. Bogle had a really yeah. good day. Um, I think if anyone gets a boost out of the weekend, even more than uh, Hill, because I think Hill, unfortunately, a lot of it could be chalked up to the home track thing. But uh, if anyone's walking out of here with a boost of confidence, it's got to be Bogle, right? Like, he needed that bad. A solid day, finally. The Rattray bandwagon is the wheels are gone. There's nobody. There's nobody on that thing. It's a Ghost Rider right now. <laughs> the wheels aren't even off. They're gone. They're like, gone. You can't even find the wheels. Uh, four four for third overall at High Point, and just I mean, thing was packed. There was discos and you know everything going on happening. But uh, disco balls. DV Pretty. DV was being a DJ in there, and it just and now it's gone. Pretty uh, <clears throat> interesting uh, silly season rumors flying around about him. Oh, well, please tell us. I won't really let the cat out of the bag yet, but... Oh, my... Really? Well, I don't... Oh, so, I, so something's I, done. We'll have to wait for the press release, but... Pretty interesting. <laughs> really? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Weege, make him tell you. Yours, boss. I think the uh, chopper date has scarred JT beyond... <laughs> beyond... Uh, it reminds me of the end of the day. It, it, it reminds me of the end of the day when some of the racetrack employees, not you two, uh, sometimes are out of creative juices because they've been seriously scribbling notes for every lap of every moto for four straight hours. And I'm like, <laughs> I know it sucks, man, but I just need you to come up with something. And then Coy Gibbs is like, you need to be a better boss. And I'm like, how? How do you make this? Like, I, I, tell me how I can make these people do this. Like, what do I do? I don't know how I can break JT at the chopper date spell. If, one time I made fun of Jeff Spencer, and I, I really, really got it. Um, yes. 
I was scared for a little while. It'll, it'll, he'll, he'll come back. JT, you'll come back. Okay. I, I might come back a softer, gentler side, though. <laughs> I've uh, been there, man. I've, I've been there, you know, ever, every couple months you go through the cycle. And it never feels bad. I don't know. Now they teach me in callous to it at this point. But <laughs> What does this mean? Is this good or bad? Like, care. Well, I don't, I don't understand. I don't think you do. It bur- mm. Dude, when Ryder gets super pissed about something I wrote, it hurts bad. It does. Because I feel like we're always trying to be fair and that you know, it's never our intent to just blast somebody for personal reasons. But when it comes across that way, man, it hurts. Does it, though? It like, does me. I've been doing like it. I said, you're callous. I, I don't do- know why. I don't know how you did it. I've been doing this since 1996. Riders have come and gone. A lot of them have come and gone. Maybe that's the attitude I have. I don't know. I mean, I mean, Jesus, my buddy JT's retired. Well, you get your hand choppered off a couple of times and starts to sting a little. Right. Okay, everybody. Is that it? Is that it? Are we? Uh, I thought we seriously. That's it. We're not going to. Yeah, let's go. We, we we talked about this enough. Hey, was there any point in the race like Dungey's done really well at Washougal, and it's not even just the oh, Villapoto's always hurt. Like there have been some races where Dungey's just beaten him and ridden better than him at Washougal, and I think Dungey's overall riding style works better for how slippery Washougal is in Villapoto's. I thought for a while there when he was leading that second moto, I'm like, man, I think he might just win this. Like, did you guys ever think that, or were you, did you think it was inevitable that no, Villapoto was going to No, so, uh, uh, first moto, first moto, I was like, Dungey's going to win. Cause at some point, I'm like, Villo can't make it up, you know? Yep. Uh, second moto, no, honestly, I, I thought Villa would win the whole time, to be honest. I really did. He was too close. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, but now here's the question, and I brought this up to, and again, I can't believe none of you guys would ask Ryan Villapoto about a laser in the press conference. I was so shocked to read Monday conversation and, and not come up. That is like so basic to me. It's amazing that you wouldn't ask, somebody wouldn't ask that. Somebody, you know, Aaron Hansel, somebody. Fredo's going to be putting him in a bad position. Oh, well, Hansel was a little late to the draw game anyways, but, um, uh, what were we talking about? Uh, was uh, going to pass oh, okay. Photo? Here's what I asked uh, RV after after the race this weekend, Millville. Uh, last time he raced, Chad Reed won the first moto, and second moto RV had a big big lead, and uh, Ryan Dungey caught and passed him from a ways back. And this is Dungey's home track, and he goes very fast at Millville. So, does he win? Is this is this Ryan Villapoto's biggest challenge coming up at Millville? I kind of think so. Uh, yeah, but he's got a forty-two point lead. So how much of a challenge is it? Like, who cares? You think? You think? Like, you think he doesn't have to win the race? Like, I don't know. If biggest challenge is the right wording. Like, it might be the toughest race for him to win, but biggest challenge makes it seem like his life is on the line. Like, if he goes two-two, it's not going to really matter. No, but he wants to beat him. Sure. The biggest challenge, I wouldn't go that far. Okay. Hey, another question for you guys. This is off of Washougal. Uh Josh Grant, um, contract time. Road grade at Red Bud. Uh, road grade at Washougal had some rear brake problems dropping back in the second moto. Is this, JT, I'll go with you. Is this Josh Grant needing a contract? Is this Josh Grant just coming around to some tracks he likes? Is this Josh Grant uh, getting healed and now going to be that guy? Uh, I think this is, this is the real Josh Grant. This is a healthy Josh Grant and got some confidence in him. Um, if you look at the history of where this guy this guy's been. I mean, he used to win races. He was 
in the battle with Bill Poto and these guys in the whites class. Uh, he won. He's won Supercross. He's won outdoors. So to think that he can't battle with short um, Chad, all these guys that he's racing with, I think is a little foolhardy. I just think he's finally back to kind of a, a good place, you know, in his uh, basically in shape uh, and up to speed. So uh, I would expect to see, you know, right around that four through seven the rest of the series. Weech? Weech, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I know that some riders, I'm sure, do step up when the contract's on the line. I mean, heck, Grant actually even said last year at Washougal, Coy and Jay Bone went up to him and said, we're trying to sign you for next year, but you need to show us something. So he said, okay, and then he ran pretty fast in the first moto. Like, Grant has actually straight up admitted that there are times where he's pushed it more right? because someone said a contract's on the line. But all that being said, I still... I, I agree with JT. Like, I think the contract thing maybe helps a little bit, but I think the timing and his talent, it's all too suspect. Like, he did have a shoulder injury. He was out for a while. I don't... I think he's just riding the way he's riding. I don't think the contract thing is the overriding. Um, I, I hear a lot of people seem to think there's nothing more than that. I, right. I think it's a very small part of it. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. JT, terrible day for uh, Matt Gerke's return. Uh, yeah, I, I really felt... <clears throat> that uh, just watching him, he wasn't ready yet. You know, he wanted to be back. And honestly, when he had this injury in March or April or whenever it was, yeah, um, I heard the initial estimate of a return, and I just chuckled because uh, <laughs> having having had that injury, I was just like, uh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, this is what uh, nearly a month later, and uh, actually right out a month later than that scheduled return. And he's still not really ready to go out there right. and race a national yet. So your 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 buddy Forrest Butler, and he's certainly my friend too, the BTO team. He's always very optimistic in his return to, return dives. Always. Well, he's under a lot of pressure from sponsors to have his guys out there. So, right. Right. Um, you know, he's obviously going to take the shortest route possible to having his guy back, and that's going to keep sponsors, uh, you know, obviously optimistic as well. So. I can't really blame him, but right. you kind of when you're on my side of the fence, you're kind of like, um, yeah, that's really not going to happen. Right. Uh, Burner had a bad day. Yeah, he just uh, <clears throat> just struggling a bit, but um, his starts are on point. You just gotta kind of figure out figure out the rest of it. I mean, the, honestly, the KTM's as a whole, their starts have been incredible. They were, I think, one, two, and three in one of the motors this weekend. So. Um, if he keeps putting himself up in good positions, good things are bound to happen. It's just, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, he's he's had a long road back to get kind of back to where he was last August. Uh, Weston Pike, good charge in that second moto. Real good charge. Strong all day. Uh, first moto, yeah. just he was an eighth-place guy. There's, you know, basically Chad had really nothing for him. Uh, he wasn't quite good enough to get up to the Lessian seventh, um, but just, just solid. And the second moto, I mean, he was literally 36 at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and was he was doing the same lap times as the guys in fifth and sixth. I was watching every lap. And, uh, I mean, 14th doesn't look anywhere near as good as yeah. uh, really what his ride was. He's got to get something, huh? You would think, but at, at this point, I mean, yeah. nothing's gonna really going to surprise me, you know? Now, I heard he rode a Rockstar Suzuki. I don't necessarily know it was for the team, though. It was some sort of test or something. I don't understand what exactly the deal was. But do you know Yeah, you would it? hope that it's going to lead to something. I, I haven't really heard anything myself, but, oh, okay. um, yeah, I don't know. I know we're 
as far as my day job, we're, you know, 100% trying to have them in our stuff again next year. But yeah. as far as getting on any kind of team, I, I don't really know. Right, right, right. Okay. Weege, anything else? You sound like you've been doing it quite a bit there in the background. Just hanging out. Okay. Uh, I did talk to uh, Weston and, and Louie there uh, Saturday morning. Yeah, they said they've been talking to some people, but they certainly aren't holding their breath yeah. on uh, working out. Uh, that's for sure. So, man, I hope they're – it's just it's almost comedy at this point. Like, how could this even be, right? Yeah, yeah really. <laughs> uh, especially after rides like this. Um, it was awesome. I was getting lit up with the another classic Chad Reed-Weston Pike battle, which is one of my favorite shows when you take two riders who are yeah. completely not considered the same. Um like Nicoletti and Stewart at High Point. Right. Um, that's the way it works. Yeah. Uh, only thing out of the day is um, the turning point of the series might be when Eli Tomac broke his dad literally on a mountain bike ride. Uh, he's now undefeated. He's won both motos since then. Could that be the turning point? Now, uh, he, Eli told me he was walking the section and John tried to ride it. And we, you said you tried to joke with John. It wasn't very... No, I wasn't very. Emig and I were walking the track, and uh, John comes by, and he has basically two casts on. And I'm like, "Don't tell me it happened on a mountain bike. Don't tell me it happened on a mountain bike, because as you know, if it can happen to the master, right. it can happen to anybody." Yeah. He's like, "Oh yeah, it did." He's like, "Oh yeah, it did." But he said, "Here's the, here's the part you're missing." Eli had dropped him on the climb, so he was trying to kamikaze his way downhill to catch back up. So that's my point. It's like seeing it's like seeing Jesus trying to hammer a nail and hitting his thumb. Well, I, I guess that with with him being hurt, sure. Yeah. But my point is, yeah, just, Eli was finally able to beat his dad on a climb, which I don't think even up until about then, like I know at the beginning of the year that still wasn't happening. As crazy as it is, him being double the age. Oh really? Um, okay, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Uh, once Eli got to the point where he could break dad, who watch him just went out. At this point, that's what that was the real test he needed to pass. You can beat that on an uphill climb on a mountain bike. You'll never lose another race. Do you guys, it's one point. Do you do you favor Eli right now, JT? Uh, yeah, I picked him last weekend, and obviously, going one-one is not yep. going to change make me change my mind. Uh, eight motos left. Weege, you think Eli's going to do this? Can he have I think it? So. I, I, yeah, I, I think Eli's a favorite right now. But you know what's really going to be tough for these guys now is uh, they're pretty much able to get second no matter what. Right. Uh, and that means one mistake, you're almost screwed. Like, you're not going to make that up. It's, so it's, there's always that factor. Well, we do love the 1-2-2-1 one, two, two, one the rest of the way. Yeah, sure, sure, because that always happens. Yeah, Porcel's motor never blows up at Southwick, et cetera. Etc. Right. Or, or Purcell doesn't crash out when he's got the title in his hands at Pala, et cetera, et cetera. Like, right, right. <laughs> that's what it ultimately comes down to. I mean, Tomac tell, tell could win what? Seven, seven out of eight. Right. You have one bad one. Yeah. You're, yeah. Yep. You're aft. Um, I mean, I mean, it's crazy. They get, they're going to get first or second almost. It's almost impossible, apparently, for them not to. Think how far back they've come in the last couple to at, do that. At one point, Roxon's in fifth. Not looking like he's going anywhere. And Bogle gets tired, Baggett's motor blows up, he gets one guy, he gets second. You know what I mean? Like, just weird. Weird deal. I was like, oh, there's got a lot of points here. Next thing you know, hey, Roxon's in second. 
So, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't leave much margin for error either uh, either side. Yeah. Hey, did you talk to James after the race? Uh, James, James Stewart. Yeah. Okay. Was he good? He said something. Uh, he was talking about he made a bike change for a second moto that was terrible. Uh-huh. Um, so I asked the question just not really about his season in general. I just said, hey, I feel like this year we hear a lot about, you know, you talk a lot about bike setup and changes that are good, changes that are bad. Like, how much have you learned as a pro, you know, like the 10 or 12 years you've been here about bike setup? Like, did you just twist it back in the day? And that's, I just want to know about how much he's learned. I didn't, wasn't commenting on this year. And he just voluntarily says, here we go, James Stewart again, voluntarily says, well, I think in 2002, I just had so much talent, the bike didn't matter. But I can't do that anymore. Yeah. You guys are too good. And I'm like, again, I wasn't even asking him to go there. Yeah, he's, yeah. Wasn't even asking him to go there. He's more than ever, he's mortal. For sure, this year, and admitting yep. it, and, and going along with it, and everything, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, I don't know, I, I don't. Uh, it's a strange analogy, but um, back in my GNCC days, oh Jesus, uh, Rodney Rodney Smith was known for peeing in his pants before the race began. Okay, because he just knew he was going to have to go at some point. He's like, let me just get this out of the way. It's going to suck, but I just might as well do it, right? Okay. And then Ray Gundy, who is the understudy of TFS. One weekend, he shows me a photo. He comes running up to me. Look at this. Look, look, look. And I'm like, what? He's like, look at this. It was a picture of Rodney peeing in an outhouse before the start of a race. Oh. And I'm like, so? And he's like, he's lost his edge. He's no longer willing to pee his pants to win a race. It's oh. over. I don't know where you were going with this. And now, yeah, I mean, definitely <laughs> the parallels are there. Hey, JT? Oh, I have to, oh. I don't know. So we can I mean, draw any Rodney, based on that. Rodney lost his P edge, and James has just lost the talent edge. Absolutely. Makes perfect sense. Good one. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank All you. right. Let's end it on that note. BTOsports.com, RacerX podcast presented by ThorMX. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Jason Thomas, Jason Wygant. I guarantee you, Millville will not be this exciting. See ya. All right. See ya. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to find the more than 200-episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix.